Hey, and welcome to the Entrepreneur's Ecosystem Podcast, where we aim to help you, the big-hearted change maker with a bold vision, to build a business that gives you butterflies and a life that makes you want to high-five yourself. How? By addressing the interconnected nature of all that you do. From marketing to mindset and everything in between, we believe your business is more ecosystem than monoculture and that when it comes to creating sustainable success, it's all connected and there is no one-size-fits-all formula. Join us for conversations that embrace nuance, elevate the importance of empathy, and address the diverse and unique strengths that enable entrepreneurs to not just make money, but to make real lasting positive change in a regenerative and revolutionary way. All right, welcome back to the Entrepreneur's Ecosystem. So excited to be here with you all today and with the wonderful one and only Tamika Awai. You got it. Hello, everyone. Okay, love your bio. It it just made my copywriter heart explode. Allow me to introduce this incredible woman, muse, magician, mentor, marketer, creative. These are the most common words that precede an introduction to Tamika Awai. Tamika is the CEO of Orisha Creative an inventive nurture marketing agency that serves leaders in the online coaching industry. She's also the creator of the Nurture Matrix, a unique evergreen nurture marketing framework, the tongue twister, that is revolutionizing the way master coaches approach social media, email marketing, and generating millions in premium coaching program sales along the way. Tamika resides on territory originally stewarded by the Mississaugas of the Credit First Nations, presently known as Ontario, Canada. I'm a Canadian gal. Watch out for the A's in this episode, friends. She lives with her husband and children, and she can often be found swooning over her daily Spotify mix in a hot bubble bath or trying to perfect her oyster shucking game. Gotta shuck it up. Gotta shuck it up. Always. Oh, so <laughs> we need to go there and help her perfect her oyster shucking game while we work on our like sparkling wine from like Niagara uh, <laughs> game or something, right? Yes. We could hook you up with some of the sparkling. Yeah, we got some. We got some good. Some good. Good over in Niagara, <laughs> right? And we can bring some from BC. Okay, so I know that we just met uh, moments ago before we hit record, but I also know it's a podcast. But Tamika has the coolest style ever, so I want to go and hang out, eat oysters, drink bubbles, and raid your closet i hope that oh, shopping. Oh, let's do it that sounds <laughs> Go amazing. <to> this epic <laughs> crystal jeweler yeah. yeah yeah i will shout out ashera armor i will shout her out because it is it is epic yeah ashera armor okay yeah. 
Put that in the show notes. And <laughs> you know what I'm doing as soon as we wrap this. <laughs> Looking for my birthday present? It's not till July, but I understand that you might want to like spend some time choosing the perfect gigantic crystal necklace. You know it. Uh, you know you deserve all the crystals. Um, yeah, for real. So really wonderful to connect. Tamika, I was thinking back to when we first met. And I think it's easy to not think about how far we've come as Mm -hmm. business owners, like not just us, but anyone listening to like, how often do you pause and go back even just a few years back and look at how far you've come and all that you've accomplished and how much has changed? I rarely ever do that, but I was thinking about when we first met and I worked with you on a client project of yours and I felt like still such like a little um, copywriter online business baby at the time. And you just like swooped in with this graceful, incredible, supportive energy. And I feel like you like tucked me under your wing a little and it was just a really lovely experience. Oh my goodness. You remember that? Number one, first thing, first things first. Yeah. We don't go back nearly enough and think about growth and like pat ourselves on the back. Mm -hmm. I'm trying, I'm trying to do more of that. I'm trying to do more of that even just like day by day, because it really puts some perspective in there. Um, but yeah, I do remember that. And it's so funny because I think we were like babies leading babies because Arisha, Arisha was like a baby as well. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to start this agency. Uh, let's get these writers in. Uh. Okay. When, when was this ladies? When did you guys first work together? Like 2017, 2018. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I want to say like four, yeah, four or five years ago. Yeah. It was way like, it was, yeah, we had just kind of hung up the shingle of like, Ooh, it's, it's agency time now. So it would have been, right. would have been about that. Yeah. Arisha was brand new. I think I was like just fresh off working in-house full time and doing my own thing and doing a lot of work with and for agencies. And I got to work with you on the coolest client project. Like, yes. Yeah. I remember. And I also remember seeing your work and I was like, she's a star. <laughs> she is. Good, good copywriters, great copywriters, recognize great copywriters. And I was like, huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thank you. Thank you for giving me a chance. If it weren't for people like you, I don't know. I wouldn't be here today. So acknowledge that. And Yeah. It's like that quote. I mean, you see this meme float around random spiritual growth, Instagram pages. That's like you today are living a reality that you only dreamed of at one point, like sit with that, settle into it. And it does bring perspective so much. Yeah. Yeah. And in all the different ways, it's funny this morning, um, one of the posts that the team put out on our stories was the question, or it was yesterday, whatever, was the question of like, what was the best marketing investment you've ever made? And so folks are responding and sharing and someone made a comment to us about, you know, investing in a sales and visibility coach or something like that. 
you know, and I like was reflecting, I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember the coach who like taught me how to actually talk about what I do in a way that had people say, oh yeah, like I, I want, and I need that. Like writing the words is one thing y'all being able to like show up on a sales call and have that embodied and, you know, all the pieces that go with that, um, along with all of the inner stuff that goes with that. It's a big deal. So yes, just even this morning, I was like responding back and, and kind of giving a little gratitude, a little gratitude to that amazing person um, as well. Yeah. 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 Something I've been meaning to do, and I'm sure anyone listening, maybe you, Tamika, maybe you, Don, that phrase meaning to do sometimes floats in the freaking ether of our lives. Like it's like a ghost that haunts you and you're like, I've been meaning to do this. (laughs) I get like so sick of myself sometimes when I hear that come out of my mouth. I'm like, okay, then just do it. But I've been meaning to create a practice, a habit of just giving, like reaching out to one person a day who's just to like share some gratitude or give them some love you know, it's it's like, it's a beautiful thing to give and to receive, mm-hmm. but often, you know, we just get so busy and chaotic that it doesn't happen. So that's cool that you're doing that yeah. and I will do it now that I've said it out loud. Now that you're saying you're, well, I will, I'll check in on you. You didn't ask okay. for, you didn't ask for accountability, but I will. I'll take it. I'll <laughs> take it. Done. I need all Done. the accountability. Okay. So I have lots of like business questions for you, but I want to start with something that we are trying to start with all of the time, which is obviously we're quiz writers and we're into like personality tests and assessments and horoscope and human design and Enneagram and my, anyway, do you uh, resonate with any of those? If you, we like to play with astrology, but also if you don't, that's totally fine. Is there anything you want to share in relation to these like personality? Ooh, tests, hell tests? yes. Oh, okay, yes. Good. I'm here for it. Right. I'm so here for it. Great. Um, but I have to give the disclaimer and I say this with love. I love you, mom. My mom doesn't know remember my birth time, but she won't tell me that she doesn't remember. Instead, <laughs> every time that I ask, She's like, oh yeah, I think it was like, you know, like she'll give, she'll give an answer and, but it's different every time. And I haven't even like checked her on the fact that like, do you know that every time you tell me? (laughs) And I was born in a really small hospital. um, So it's not as easy as just being like, Hey y'all, can you give me my real birth time? So I share that to kind of preface that. Like I have my, I'm going to share my thing, but also like, it's not 100% accurate, which bugs the hell out of me and has me constantly doing these things for my children so that like, and writing down in different places, their birth times <laughs> so that, so that we don't have these issues for them, <laughs> right? It's a little thing. So I am a Leo sun cancer moon, Ooh. I believe. Yeah. Um, I don't know the rising. I am a manifesting generator. Mm-hmm. I am a Colby. Oh, I'm a quick start lead high in the quick start, but to the point where I can't even remember my other numbers, except for that. I'm like a nine or 10 quick start, um, <laughs> pretty low fact finder. <laughs> That's always fun. <laughs> um, what else do I got? What else do I got? Throw some others at me. What are some other? Okay. Um, so human design, you said manifesting generator. Do you know your Enneagram? 
I don't. Mm, I don't. I don't. I'm going to have to do that one. My daughter is currently, she's about to be 13 on Monday. She's very, yes, I know. And she's like, you know, the, you know, the little tweeny. Do y'all remember, like, isn't that the age where you start to really, like, I don't know about you, but that was the age that I really started to get into like crystals and tarot and all the pieces. Yes. So she's going through that right now. And she's big into like all her different, you know, looking up all the different things, but she has this thing where she's like, she goes and she does her Enneagram like once a week or something. And I'm trying to tell her that it's like, it's not supposed to change, you know, like she's trying to trying to get the perfect enneagram or to like the, the enneagram to match her friends or I don't know what's happening. Um, but that that reminds me, she'll know she'll know exactly where to get my enneagram because she does it regular on the regular. <laughs> That's so sweet. I I love that stuff when I was thirteen. Mm-hmm. We were chatting about our like funny quiz love and origin stories on our last episode with Matt and getting the magazines and like finding out but now it's the age of the internet you can you can do it all you can do your Enneagram yeah you can do it all what's what's really cool is like they make their own quizzes for each other which I just think is so much fun like like that's a game that they will play with each other and like text each other back and forth you know the all about me quiz or whatever but because they've got the power of the interwebs they can like have all this fun, right? You know, we were out there with our mash, you know, M-A-S-H. Yes. Uh, yeah. Like they don't have to do that stuff. They can just like plug in some things and have all their friends like do this quiz about them. It's so cool. So, oh, but I do, I do want you to pass on the mash tradition. Do yes. you remember how to make them? I absolutely do. And I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. I just have to like, I have to like pretend that it's not old school because then yeah. I get, I get, then I get a label of some sort that I'm not even sure what it means. Yeah. She's like, okay, boomer. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, but they say chuggy. Okay. That's so chuggy. That's so chuggy mom. I'm like, okay. My okay, sister and I, I don't know actually, okay. but I, it's, I know it's, it's what I am. It's apparently. <laughs> well, I want to be chuggy then. Um, <laughs> chuggy is like Ugg boots and live, laugh, love signs. Oh, the walls uh-huh. and living in your Lulu's uh-huh. it's like a Gen Z term for, I think often millennials who, who love their up boots and their Lulu's. And I don't even have that stuff, Shanti. Like, I don't understand. But anyway, I got, my sister actually found these t-shirts that say that's so chug. And so we both had them. My oh, her daughter's yeah. 14, her daughter's 14 and mine's 13. And we're like, Whatever. We're reclaiming Chugi. Yes. You can't. Yeah, own it. <laughs> own it. Just as long as it's not like Ugg boots in the middle of like the Edmonton slushy spring winter. I do know those really like bell bottomy pants are out again, right? And like the kids mm. are still like walking in them. Like I walked really like wet to your yep. knees with Uggs or something. I mean, Probably in a couple of years, Chuggy will be in because I was recently shopping in like real stores. I'm in a, a, a city. I'm in Kelowna, which is not a city at all, but compared to where we're from. But I was like recently shopping in, in oh, I think I was at Winners. And I was like, oh, I see. Like, yeah, ninth grade is so hot right now. Like my ninth grade is what's in style. I still wear those clothes. So <laughs> I, I definitely still have clothes left over from them. Yeah. So Therefore, you are a trendsetter. And I'm, also, they should, you know, they should be thanking you for. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. But I do want to be like, y'all, you need to like 
hem your pants because it's going to be really cold when it's like wet up to the knees. I've just been there. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Same <for> things. <laughs> so I want to touch on the cancer Leo, the Leo cancer. I love that. Okay. So you're like, look at me. And then you're like, I have a show. But also, exactly, <laughs> but also don't, don't look directly at me. It's like, oh, a pause, a pause, but also I'm so embarrassed now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I want to love you, but I also love me. Like That's I'm right. Lying, but I'm also <laughs> like, here's your dinner, sweetheart. So I love it. Amazing. That's a good balance. That's a good balance. And I've, what I know about moon signs is that the, the moon sign is representative of how you love and show love. And I mean, we framework around nurture and exactly. you're such an amazing mama and team leader. Like I'm sure that cancer moon does you a lot of service. Thank you. Thank you. I like that. I like that reflection. Mm. So you mentioned Colby, quick start, low fact finder. How does understanding this play out in your business? Like, and not just that, but knowing your other strengths and weaknesses. And you have what, from my perspective, seems to be just like such an incredible team and so much support. And like, I've chatted back and forth with Sarah and I'm like, whoa, Tamika has her shit together. This is amazing. Thank How you. did that happen? They are amazing. They are. Shout out to the Orisha crew, Sarah and Jane, and all the all the folks that they're they're the core. But you know, we've got some other folks as well. Yeah, you know, the more that I learn about myself, and not so much my like my strengths, I have always sort of been mostly aware of. But it's like the weaknesses or the perceived, you know, the so-called weaknesses that have really let me know what is going to be supportive for me Mm -hmm. um, and my team. And they allow me to really like let the team know just in a really open, vulnerable way. Like, I'm probably going to do X. I need y'all to come in and do Y. Like, I'm probably going to come up with 25 ideas by Monday and be like, yes, of course we can do them by (laughs) noon. And then I need you all to tell me the reasons that that's not actually possible because, you know, this, that, the other thing. So they really keep me grounded. They really, they really give me perspective on process instead of the end goal. Cause I live so much in the vision. Like it's here already. It's done, which is great. You know, from a manifesting perspective, but from a business running perspective, you can get into a lot of trouble, right? If you're always like, sure. Everything's fine. Don't worry about process system. What's that? We don't need that. Um, right. So it keeps me, yeah, it keeps, it's helping us to create the vision faster, bring the vision into reality faster, even though sometimes like my quick startedness and, you know, all the other pieces have me being like, ah, this is so, it's taking so long. It's so slow. And, you know, when we finally, you know, see momentum, it's from such a sustainable place, which is really like when I created this agency, it was the answer to the question of like, how do I have something in my life that's a sustainable foundation versus a place where I'm always feeling scattered, a place where I'm always like having to be the workhorse. So, so yeah, that they are the ones that ensure that things happen in such a you know, seemingly, you know, beautiful, you got our, all our things together, ducks in a row and everything else like that. And it's truly, you know, it's truly because, because of them. Um, but it's also really interesting, right? Because bringing in team members that have, um, that approach things in a, in a different way, 
like it shows, it shows you, it shows you your stuff. And sometimes it can create, you know, like conflict and that kind of thing. I remember mm-hmm. when, um, Jane is pretty quick start. She can kind of, you know, she can kind of roll with, roll with me in that. Right. But Sarah's a little bit more of a fact finder. And, you know, at first she was kind of asking questions that were about, you know, system and process and everything else. And I'm, I was kind of getting my back up a little, I'm like, well, what, do we need? what do we need this for? <laughs> what do we need this for? And, um, you know, it really was a growth edge for me as a leader to sort of stop and remember like, oh, the reason that these amazing humans are here is because they see the blind spots. They Mm. think about things in a much different way um, that you do. And if you let them do their thing, you know, they're going to help lead us to the promised land. So like, let's let them do their thing. Right. Mm. Yeah. I love that. And I'm glad you started talking about it because when you and and Shanti were speaking about like working together, right, as your agency was sort of like a baby, it just made me think about like, okay, so what, where was your business at before you decided to become like to, to, you know, have a family, be, be an agency Mm. as opposed to like a solo entrepreneur. And what were the things that led you to realize like, yeah, no, I want to hire help, not just subcontractors or what have you. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I mean, I've, I've been in business for myself since 2010, like Avery was a year. Yeah. 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 She was, she was like, I was laid off in 08. And then I found I was pregnant with my first you know, a couple of days later and then, you know, (laughs) we can all, of course, of course. And, but, and we are in Canada, so we can say like, thank you for paid mat leave. And, um, it was a contract with, um, the government. So they just paid it out. So it was like a paid out contract mat leave. So I had like a year and a half of basically feeling like there was income. And so it wasn't, you know, nearly as bad as it sounds. And, I also didn't know much of anything. I still had a little bit of pregnancy brain or anything else. All of this is to say that I had a lot of lessons <laughs> in those early years, sure. had a lot of lessons, had a lot of, had a lot of old corporate sludge um, attachments to like having to do it all myself and figure it out all. Like, even though I was in teams when I was in corporate, like it just, you know, I mean, let's be, that could be a whole other, a whole other conversation. Right. Anyhow, it just, I finally got to the place after I had, um, Aries. So my second born, um, who's going to be seven in March. Um, after I had him, I was in the place of doing a lot of freelancing and kind of acting as content creator, content strategist in all these other teams. And I just, you know, I, I am so grateful for those experiences. And I also got to see a lot of like what it is like to, to be on team for, you know, a lot of these businesses. And one of the big things that I noticed and Shanti, I'm curious if you, saw a bit of this too. It's pretty common. It was that, you know, most of them hire a bunch of marketing, amazing people, like, you know, but it's a bunch of humans and a bunch of roles and there's like no cohesion. There's no, like, sometimes you might get together on a team call, but like, I kept seeing this sort of disconnect between the, what we were trying to accomplish the big vision and all the players to help us accomplish this. And I felt like there was a giant disconnect. So the decision to step into um, running the agency was number one, just seeing that gap of like, oh my goodness, like what if there was a unified sort of marketing department for a lot of these, you know, mm-hmm. clients? Um, so there's that piece. And then also being in some of these teams and being burnt all the way out, I was like, I need to have a team that does not 
look like that. <laughs> like yeah. I don't have, you know, the burnout needs to go. And like the only way, the only person that can be responsible for, for that not happening is if I'm kind of running my own ship. So it's kind of like the both and that came together that had me be like, mm, yeah, I think it's time. But otherwise, you know, I, I really, I spent a lot of time kind of doing it all, solopreneuring it up for quite some time. Mm. Hindsight's always 2020. It's like, quote unquote, longer than I should have, but also, you know, it's well, the journey all, it's the journey all. It's like, that's where the yeah. learning comes from. Right. So have to, I'm, I'm grateful for it, but I also frequently will go back and send love to those versions of myself. And it's like, here, here, it's okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. You won't be writing emails at 2am forever. I love you. I love you so yeah. much. <laughs> Yeah, I've got a feeling we can both relate. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. And I too was building building the beginnings of my business when my little baby was yeah, just sitting there in the bouncy chair. Yeah. Hanging out, watching. Right, right, yeah. So, okay. When we first started working together, Orisha was like just getting started. And the nurture framework stuff, that wasn't really a thing yet. It probably was in sort of a unspoken way. But when did you land on that being your special sauce and what you wanted to focus on? Yeah, you're, t- you're so right. Because it really was this piece of like, let's be a, you know, we'll be the marketing department for, you know, for coaching, you know, for established coaching businesses. Um, but the thing that we kept bringing into businesses was this concept of really focusing on the middle of the funnel and focusing on nurture and also finding ways to be able to do these pieces without having us create content in real time. Like one of the things that I realized contribute, I mean, we can all, you know, any, any uh, creative service provider, you know, listening can probably relate to the piece of projects and that sort of thing, just kind of happening by the seat of our pants a little bit um, happening in real time. And that for me, was just such a, like that, that's where a lot of the burnout came from because, you know, like not being able to plan, not, not knowing if I'm going to need to, you know, be approving a sequence a day before <laughs> it needs to be approved. Like those things don't work very well when you want to have a nice and easy, um, relaxed sort of experience in your business. So the nurture matrix and the nurture framework really came about when, I just, I just kept seeing it over and over again. And any of our clients who we had on retainer, it was just sort of we come in and we start to do the initial assessment. Okay. What are you doing at the top of the funnel? What are you doing at the bottom? And everybody wants to focus on the launch. Well, the next launch is coming up. Like that, that would be like a common reason that they would bring us in. Well, I've got this launch coming up. We'll probably say next month because that's all it's everything's next month. So I've got this launch coming up next month, you know, want to bring you on long-term, but let's get started with the launch. And so the launch usually is a little bit crazy because that's what happens if you bring someone in, you know, a month before launch and we get to the end of the launch, we get to the launch postmortem and it's uh, my question's like, okay, so, you know, what are we going to do with all of those amazing new, you know, souls that we brought into the community over the launch? Sure. They didn't buy, but like, how are we going to ensure that they're ready next go around yeah. and clients looking at me like, right. It's that's and said with, and said with love, right? Like we don't know, yeah, we don't yeah, know. Yeah. And that's why we hire team 
to be like, see those blind spots for us. But I just, I noticed that that was that question never had an answer. Like I was always like, our team was always the team that came in and said, oh, we see this gap. Let's start putting this piece into place. Um, so just after seeing it so often, I realized that it, you know, was a big, a, a big, big thing. And then at the same time, I also, you know, again, the agency was, was supposed to be the answer now is, but at the time I was like, this is supposed to be the answer to sustainability and the answer to not kind of working, not, you know, in a way that feels like I'm so, I don't know, up and down roller coaster, which, you know, it can kind of be when you are taking on the bandwidth of like, or taking on the role of we are your marketing department. So I'm like, I need to niche down a little bit because I love, I love marketing. I I am a really great all around strategist. I'm a fantastic fractional CMO. And also that's more than I want to to do right now. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it might change in the future, you know, you never know, but I just really wanted to simplify. And I realized that the opportunity for simplifying is to like do one thing really well. Um, and to have those processes really dialed in and to scale from there, because, you know, running a, a marketing department or, you know, an agency wherein it's like all these kind of custom sort of retainers based on the marketing support that a given client needs, like, like it is scalable, scalable, but just in a much big, you know, it's different. <laughs> so right now we're in, right. Like right now where we can have a, you know, amazing team. I've got two, like Sarah and Jane are both full-time employees. And so we're really lean you know, because our process is really dialed in, we do basically one thing um, and it makes it really easy. And that just was what my, you know, soul was really longing for mm. um, after having been in kind of like the frenetic energy of like all of the marketing things. So I just wanted to simplify. Okay. Yeah. So can you talk to us like we've never heard of nurture marketing before and can you can you tell me what how what your agency does is just one one thing and it's like this this yeah like the matrix <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. But, but in a way because i think that and, and we were kind of talking about this on a podcast recently too but i think that like so often and it's like what you just spoke to about the idea of clients coming to you a month before their launch and then like needing to like both warm up the audience and sell to them and get them there and and I I know that we have a lot of like newer business owners who listen to us and newer marketers Mm -hmm. and I'd love to just yeah if you could just go a little little deep into like what your marketing means to you and and why it's important maybe not versus launching but also Mm -hmm. maybe versus launch launching like yeah yeah well I think you know like first I just want to say that all aspects of you know your your funnel and I'll I'll use the word funnel I'm not talking about kind of the what we think of as a funnel you know Ella we'll get into the folks that are really common for kind of coining that phrase (laughs) that'll take me down another tangent but right in our in this space, we're really used to funnel meaning, oh, okay, like we give out a freebie or a quiz or something like that. And then we have some emails and then someone is supposed to take a buying action on the other side. And, you know, that is our funnel. Well, no, every business has a funnel, whether they've got that techie souped up cool coolness happening or not. And it's simply the three phases that we kind of go through in, in our journey towards having someone say, yes, they want to work with us. We have to first attract to them. Like they don't know us until they do, right? So we have to do what's called lead generation. We've got to attract new leads. 
we need to have a way to nurture those leads so that they're ready to buy. And then we have need to have a way to convert them or, or enroll them, right? So those are kind of like the three stages of our funnel. In the nurture phase of that equation, there are a couple different schools of thought. What's really common is that, well, nurturing just means anything that we put in front of those leads that we have that we're not really selling, selling at them with, right? We're just like putting something out there and we're, you know, nurturing the relationship and we kind of use nurture in this very surface way, but we, it's often used to mean, yeah, we're just getting content in front of them. We maybe have a blog or a podcast or, you know, any of these things. And we like, we're getting them stuff, you know, content that is going to help them stay connected, you know, hashtag no like and trust, hashtag yeah. stay visible, like all of those pieces, right? And so that is a very surface level definition of nurture that everyone's really familiar with. What I feel is missing from that equation is that, again, thinking about a funnel, right? There's that those three phases. When we think about it, and this is where like the triangle visual that people might be used to seeing, if you kind of Google marketing funnel, you'll see this, it's within everybody's business 101 textbook, right? Marketing funnel, sales funnel, whatever. It's that inverted triangle. What does that look like? It also looks like, a, you know, if you, I wasn't a very good drawer, drawer <laughs> artist, um, but you know, do you remember like when you do those perspective classes where you'd have like draw a line across the paper and then have the triangle and it was like meant to be a road into the, the horizon or whatever. Anyway, the I hope that made sense. The inverted triangle for me is like, you know, it's indicative of the fact that when folks are, when they, when they meet you, new leads, like they're traveling along a journey, the journey from being a new lead to being someone who's ready to work with you. And for me, that middle of the funnel is that place where we have the biggest opportunity to help people go from being like, oh, I just met you. Hi, you might be cool to, oh my goodness, I'm ready to step in and work with you. And so the nurture marketing that we do or the, you know, and where the, the nurture matrix kind of comes in is remembering this idea that it is a buyer's journey that all of your new leads are embarking upon. And you don't want to just kind of like put whatever in front of them and content that just doesn't have a call to action and therefore it's nurturing. And it, you want to think a little bit deeper than, Ooh, let's stay visible. You actually want to think about like what needs to be shared, what messages need to be conveyed to help them go from, hi, I just met you to, oh my goodness, I'd like to book a call. Um, I'd like to, you know, buy it, like whatever your, your sales mechanism is. Right. So that's how we do nurture. It's really this beautiful sort of conversation that we get to kind of champion with new leads that helps them realize like, oh, you know, this is exactly what I need. And, oh, you know, their approach is, you know, going to help me get results um, in a way that I wasn't able to, do, you know, to, to receive before. And so I, I'm going to take that next step. So it's, it's like being a little bit more intentional, not a little, a lot more intentional mm. about what messaging is going out so that when you are doing the piece of generating new leads and you're getting folks come in through your quiz or wherever else, right, that they have what they need to move along that buyer's journey. And is it possible that like sending them your weekly newsletter and sending them, you know, your podcast episodes and all those pieces can, can do some of that? Yeah, but it might take a lot longer um, then if you really, again, think strategically around, like when I look at my ideal client, I get really clear on who they are um, and what, you know, what's going on through going on for them. 
and get really clear on kind of the psychological and emotional journey that they're sort of taking as they think about their problem and they think about their solution. If I present that to them, I have mm-hmm. a better chance of helping the ones who are ready. It's not about like manipulation or anything else like that. It's really speaking to people, joining them in the conversation that they're kind of already having in their head to help them realize that like, oh, you are the right next step. Mm-hmm. I love that idea of joining them in the conversation they're already having in their head. Mm-hmm. And that's really the core of it is knowing what's going on for this person who could tremendously benefit from your support. Mm-hmm. And yet they don't know or believe that yet. Right. right. And you exactly. have that job that's your number one responsibility is to bring them to that place. Right. But so often that, that part of the funnel conversation is just, it's not sexy or something like people come to us for help with lead gen. And, and it's so easy. It's so easy to say like, Oh yeah, you know, of course you should work with us on a quiz and, and get thousands of new leads every month. But I think what we've started to acknowledge and work on with potential clients, existing clients, students, is also emphasizing the importance of what happens after someone becomes a lead. And especially through something like a quiz, it takes literally two minutes of their time. There's no commitment there. There's no buy-in just because they did that. That work has to happen afterward. And so if if someone's not committed or doesn't understand the importance of that phase, that middle of the funnel phase, there's no point in generating thousands of leads. Mm, exactly. And it's, it's, I was thinking about this the other day because yeah, it's, it's not a sexy, like it's not sexy. It's not fun. There's no like instant gratification generally, right? We get the quiz up, we pick go and like people are stoked. So they're doing the thing and you get the notifications. So you're joining the list. It's like, whoop, whoop. and same deal on the other end. Like, you know, with launch, if a launch goes well, it's flipping exciting. Like I can understand why folks get kind of like addicted to the euphoria of like the cart and the blah, blah, blah. And, you know, <laughs> nurture content is not like it, it, it's, it's the long game. Yeah right? Not that we don't have clients who see results kind of like happen in the moment, Mm -hmm. but the whole premise of nurture is that we are putting a framework in place to help someone prepare someone to get ready on their time. Mm -hmm. So we can't force that. Like, you know, maybe they're ready in a week, maybe they're ready in two, maybe they're ready in three months. Mm -hmm. Um, we try to like with the framework, we try to really focus on preparing them maybe for the next launch or the next open enrollment. If that's something that someone has in their business, but we don't have control over that conversation that someone's having in their head. We get to step in and try to engage with them, but they get to choose whether or not they're going to engage with us. Right. So like this really isn't sexy work, but it is, but it's foundational work and it makes the pieces that you do at the top and the bottom of the funnel actually work. And so, you know, so often, and we'll talk about this a little bit in in a couple of free resources that we give, we talk about like having leaky, leaky bucket, like your your top of your funnel is a leaky bucket, right? Because folks are coming in fast and furious, but very quickly they're either like unsubscribing or they're just, you know, tuning Mm -hmm. all the way out. 
right? Because that opportunity that you talked about after they've joined the list for, in my view, that is the biggest opportunity that you have to engage in that conversation um, that a potential lead is, or that a lead is having, you know, with themselves, right? So if you're not really intentional and strategic about what that messaging is and, and kind of meeting them where they're at, they will just stop paying attention. It doesn't matter how, you know, regularly you put out your newsletter, how amazing your blog is. I think the biggest disconnect is that often the content that we want to share in a blog and I mean, we could go into like a whole big conversation around just some of the myths and misinformation, I think. And, and, or, and maybe it's just like, this is how things were done because we didn't know any better, but there's a lot of schools of thought around. You just got to get more content out. You just got to get more content out, new, better, faster, da, da, da. come up with 365 different, you know, ideas to get out on, in all the places. And like, it just this, like, you know, I call it the content creation treadmill, right? There's this whole like churning out of the content forgetting that most of that is not meeting the conversation Mm -hmm. that your prospect is having in their head. It's just information. It's just stuff. And a lot of times it's like tips and tricks and and other pieces that actually, in my view, do a little bit of harm if they're missing some of the, um, you know, kind of psychological, emotional kind of conversation points, like sending someone your top five tips to go and do just leaves them kind of like cycling thinking that, oh, if I just collect enough tips, Sure. Then I'll just be able to figure out how to do it by myself. And instead you need them to be clear on why, what they're up to is probably not something that they can just mm-hmm. gather to, you know, tips and tricks and, and get a result on their own. Right. So uh, without giving away all of your business secrets, how do you join the conversation in your ideal customers' heads? Like, do are, do you have any tips or tricks yeah, yeah, for absolutely. listeners? <laughs> absolutely. And I love to give this stuff because, you know, it, it gets really deep. So I'm always happy to kind of like talk a little bit about how you start to go there. The yeah. first place you need to really start to look is you need to get really clear on who your ideal client is. And I'm not talking about the way that a lot of folks are used to thinking about ideal client avatar and I can't you know, wait. who their customer is, right? It's like, <laughs> this isn't like psychographics and demographics. Like it doesn't matter if they're a mom and, you know, like to read Vogue magazine. I don't know, right? This is really, um, when I talk about needing to know your ideal client, I'm talking about needing to, like, you need to understand what's happening in their day-to-day experience in a way that it almost feels like you're like a little stalker in the room, right? Like you want them to kind of have that feel of like looking left and right and being like, are they watching me? Right? Like you need to be able to understand the symptoms, like what is physically showing up in their experience that is related to their problem. Mm. Right. That's, that's one place because when you start to understand what those symptoms are and you can start to articulate what those symptoms are, then you get a little bit closer to what they might be thinking is the cause of those symptoms, Mm. right? Because something, you know, think about you going through your day, right. And something happens and you, you attach a meaning to it. Like, Oh, like, I mean, let me see if I can come up with a little example. Like imagine you are, you know, wanting to cut down on sugar intake or something like that. And it's like, every time you try to do it, the cookies like show up on the counter magically. It's like they pop, they pop up on the counter or something like that. And you find yourself eating the sugar and then you feel guilty about it or whatever. Like they're going to attach like that symptom of like, every time cookies are out, I just can't help it. I eat like six dozen um, cookies. That's a lot of cookies. Six <laughs> cookies. Maybe half a dozen, maybe half a dozen cookies. Whoa. Cause that could be a whole other thing. Okay. I eat six cookies and then I feel really guilty about it. Like the 
conversation they're probably having with themselves is like, I have no willpower. I, you know, just like, maybe I don't want it bad enough, or, you know, maybe I need to be really restrictive. I just need to like only have carrots on the counter, not cookies. Like an experience happens for them. They attach a meaning to it and they're having a conversation with themselves. Yeah. You need to be able to come in and help them start a different conversation. Right. So it starts with really understanding um, kind of contextually what experiences are showing up for folks so that you can understand what, con- so you can start to have an eye to what conversations they might have. And certainly, you know, some of it is like guessing a little bit until you've worked with enough people, but over time you work with enough people and you start to know what experiences they'll tell you what experiences they've been having. And that's really where like the, the gold comes from, right? We, we don't want to guess so much. We want to know by, by speaking with our, with our, clients, but it's like that deep understanding of what's going on for them on a daily basis with respect to their problem or their challenge is what helps us start to, you know, perceive like, what is the conversation that I need to be having with them so that I can give them another perspective, right? Like maybe, first of all, it's like, if you're feeling like you can't stop scarfing down all the cookies, like first thing you probably need to know. And and by the way, y'all don't take my advice on quitting sugar because I'm not an expert. I'm literally making this up right now, but I'm going to guess based on some things I read because maybe I like cookies a lot. I don't know. Um, (laughs) The conversation that you might need to start with them is like, you know what, like feeling guilty or kind of blaming yourself or shaming yourself for having all the cookies isn't going to serve you. It's actually important to know that sugar is as addictive as like a lot of drugs, like substances, right? It's as as addictive as really addictive narcotics and stuff like that. So like the body has the same physiological response. So quitting cookies is not as easy. Quitting cookies cold turkey is not as easy as you thought. Maybe that's the subject line of your email. I don't know. Do you see how this all starts to come together, right? Like, and how having, understanding who your ideal client is and being able to have these conversations with them in their inbox and in the socials before you even start to really like go hot and heavy with whatever offer you're offering, you know, it brings them along the journey so that when it comes time to actually talk about working together, they're already like leaning in and kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because they've received such a new perspective about their problem from you that you are automatically kind of like elevated to a trusted authority for them because you help them think about their problem in a different way, like in a way that they hadn't been able to perceive before. Right. Yeah. I love that. And if you were to come straight at them with by my 30 day guide to never eating sugar again, without shifting those beliefs and mindset beforehand, the walls are going to come up. The objections, the the excuses, the, the belief that it's not for me because I'm, I'm too weak willed or Mm -hmm. I've tried everything already. This is going to be pointless. Like that cynicism is still present for them. And there's no sales page that's going to get through that wall. Exactly. And if you happen to have the most incredible sales page in the world and you happen to get folks to like you, you just did a great job busting up all the objections and they hit by, they're probably not going to be clients who get the best results. Right. Probably not. And mm-hmm. so one of the one of the secret byproducts of, of really effectively nurturing your community and, and having those folks receive what they need to receive before they step in and work with you is that you have this ability to, to really attract the people who are like gonna get the great results. Right. 
the sale is a lot easier, first of all, because, you know, they're going to, whether it's sales conversations or DMs or whatever it is, they're going to be like, when you said X, Y, and Z, and this really happens for all of our, you know, for our clients, like folks quote their emails and their, you know, social posts and everything else. Uh-huh. So the moment you said X, Y, and Z, I just knew I had to buy your, you know, quitting sugar course. Right. And then they actually follow through because you're right, Shanti, like they believe in it and they believe in their ability to get the results um, in a way that they, they wouldn't have if, yeah, if you just came at them at the sale. And I want to say that there are people who are maybe high quick starts who will see you one day, do a little bit of like, you know, recon on their own, watch all your things and and self-prepare to work with you. And they'll just get like, they'll be amazing clients, rock stars, everything else. So I'm not saying that it's like, it's not possible for people to meet you on Thursday and be working with you, mm-hmm. you know, the following Thursday and be really great clients. I'm just saying that you have to recognize that humans take in information differently, that humans make buying decisions really differently. And we are remiss if we think that a initial funnel or something like that is going to have people super ready to buy. And that everybody is able to kind of like fill in the gaps and dot all the I's and cross all the T's themselves by piecing together, you know, the, the content that you've been putting out um, that hasn't been really focused around having that conversation or, or joining that conversation you're having with them. I love it. And you preemptively answered one of my questions, but I also want to call back to the idea that the people that you've nurtured, I call it properly, Shanti calls it the belief bridge, like taking mm-hmm. people across the belief bridge, but that they're probably going to be your like people who are most transformed. And that I just want to, I keep on in all these podcasts, I keep on coming back to like the idea of ROI and like mm-hmm. for a coach. Yeah. Great. Like my Sam card or my thrive card or whatever, ching, 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 whatever. Great. That's awesome. You do want to be be able to serve and, and have a full-time job and make money. But like, I think so many people who are in your niche, like in the like coaching, what they really want is like to take people and help them transform their lives. So if these people are like nurtured to the point where they are committed when they purchase, it's not going to be like just another damn course sitting in your like maybe inbox or let you download it or whatever, just another Kajabi site to have the wrong password to. It's going to be that thing where you actually like where your clients get these results that make them so much happier about their lives. And regardless of what they paid you, you'd probably be like, hell yeah. Right. Like this is why I'm on this earth. Yeah. I got to make money in order to buy my kids braces and all that BS. Um, But like I'm here on this earth to help people overcome their sugar addiction, not to like fill my bank account with more zeros after the comma. So thank you. And then, yeah, what I was going to say is like, okay, you're a nurturer, but I keep on hearing reading really because I'm on a million people's lists. People saying like, it's not like you, you, okay, you like get the lead. And then I know like Joe talks about like the three to one rule, right? Give, 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 and then ask. But some people are like actually already passed the belief bridge or took themselves to it. And like, they might need an opportunity to purchase prior to like those big, big nurturing. So that was a question that I had for you. Like what, like, what are your thoughts along that? Especially like if someone hired you for a launch next month or something like that. (laughs) Totally. So two things. 
first thing I just want to, I want to circle back one second to your piece around folks who are, especially like our, you know, the clients that work with the reshits, like coaches, mentors, teachers, really being here for the transformation. I also want to share that when you are nurturing folks, even if they don't work with you, I believe that you're supporting their transformation. Yes. So I just think from like an impact standpoint, if you are someone who's really here for impact, if you're really here about transforming people, period, end of story, regardless of what you're paid, this for me is like high service around, you know, the ability to actually transform, like transform happens in like micro, you know, one little micro belief shift at a time, I believe. So there's that. Now bring that over to the conversation around like some folks not needing quite as much nurture to be ready to buy. I believe that nurture, it is not to be like devoid of call to action. So some folks, and this is where it's kind of like the nurture that most people are taught to do is like this whole idea of, yeah, like, you know, give, 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 you know, ask, or there's like the, what is it? The V does a jab, jab, jab. I don't know how many jabs there are. Oh, Gary. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Jab, 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 hook. The jab. Oh, yeah, exactly. jab, 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 right. Jab, 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 right. Right. So we're taught to like give, 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 give. Um, and then we can do the ask. I actually believe the ask happens like the actions, the ask is actually, you do, you do your community a disservice if you don't ask within nurture. There are places, not every single time, and it depends on like where in the sequence you might be um, placing this, you know, so there's a couple of factors to consider, but I believe that there are certain messages that are communicated, certain conversations. Like when you get to a certain point of belief shifting, you're right. Like it is kind of silly not to say, if this really spoke to you today, you know, here's what you can do next. Right. What I, what I think uh, we have to remember is that when we are nurturing, I don't think it serves to like have the call to action be, you know, the same as you might see in a sales sequence. So we need to get into like features and benefits and like right now and like carts closing and two spots and, you know, all the, all the stuff, you know, I, I mean, I love, I love direct response copywriting. It's, you know, it's so fun, but I really do. I really do. And um, I think that like, that doesn't belong here, but certainly I think it's in, in a high alignment of high service to just say, you know, if this really spoke to you, like, here's what you can do. Reach out and talk to me, hit reply, um, get on our wait list, like whatever the call to action might be. But we certainly use soft calls to action in the nurture matrix. And if it's not a soft call to action around like directly buying, this is the place actually where we like to leverage a lot of the, the content that most folks are used to creating. So if we, you know, and we, we work with people across the gamut, um, you know, some of our clients are really established, you know, they've been creating content forever and they've got tons in the archives. Others are a little bit newer in their journey. But if you're someone that has like a giant content archive, it's totally ideal to like bring in a podcast episode that takes people a little bit deeper or a blog post that takes people a little deeper or a a video or something like that. Like you can create these, these calls to action that give people a little bit more. And maybe that, you know, after you bring them into a training, there's a deep, uh, more embedded call to action in there. So certainly like inviting them to take a next step. Sometimes that next step is, you know, book a call, check out the link, go on the wait list. Sometimes it's just like, here's some, here's a place to go a little bit deeper. But I feel like if you don't invite them into that conversation where they can be shifting their perspective first, and you just kind of give the, you know, you give the resource or you make the ask, that's when like, you know, they're not, they're not properly oriented to step in and receive that in a way that's going to like, that's going to support them. Right. So we have the conversation we join that conversation that's happening in their head. And then we can give them a next step. Sometimes that is to go ahead and let's have a conversation. And 
sometimes it's not, but we want them to be prepared. We want them to have that new perspective about their problem that helps them see it in a new way so that they can be open to another potential solution. And when we do that, then, you know, then it's all, you know, it's, we're, you know, we're making alignment. It's like peanut butter and jelly. It goes right. Mm -hmm. I love it. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, of course. Yeah. And even if that next step is like, this resonated, you want to continue the conversation, shoot me a DM. And then having that actual back and forth conversation, which I've been seeing uh, as something that is becoming a lot more prevalent and a lot more necessary in coaching space when it comes to walking with someone on that journey. And I'm curious if you've seen that too. And beyond that, what are you seeing that's working really well in the nurture marketing Realms. So 100%, 100% Shanti, it's like, and we're, we're actually experimenting with this internally. So there, there may be like a, you know, an addition to the nurture matrix in the future when we see, you know, how this is playing out for ourselves and some clients. But what I really got present to recently, it's like, you know, what we do is very, it's kind of like broadcast nurture, right? Like we're putting it out there, you know, it's going in their inbox. And we do certainly, as I said, have calls to action where it's like reach back out, you know, like hit, hit reply, hit me up in the DMs, that kind of thing. But I think, especially in the coaching industry, I, I do think that there is a bit of cynicism. There is a bit of like checking out a little bit in the sense that like everyone's kind of doing the same thing. And I think what can go really far in terms of building rapport and and kind of accelerating the nurture journey is that authentic human to human connection. So inviting people into the DMs to have a conversation or after they've downloaded your, you know, freebie or gotten a quiz result, reach out to them on Instagram and just say like, Hey, what's up? Just wanted you to know I'm a human. Like, yeah, does, I'm not saying like drop up in the DMs and be like, so are you ready to buy my thing? You know, (laughs) here I am used car salesman. I have arrived. So not from that perspective, but bringing in like human connection in little ways is really, really helpful. You know, we have a client who put, you know, has installed kind of the nurture matrix in in their business. And they have like an email in their sequence where it's like, you know, I can't remember the exact call to action, but ultimately it's like, tell me about something or other. And I will probably, you know, I'll reply and I'll give you, you know, some pointers or something like that. But what that does is like when people hit reply, like she actually records a loom video and like answers them every single time. Right. And so I'm not at all saying that this is that what I'm seeing working is like, on the automation tip, right? It's not, there's, there's stuff that's, it is a little bit of, it's time, right? It takes time and, you know, it is a little labor intensive to put these pieces into place, but in terms of shortening the buyer's journey, right? Or accelerating the buyer's journey, I think these human to human connections are working really, really well, or we're seeing kind of like early evidence of it working really, really well. You know, I think another thing that I'm seeing really working is just, again, recognizing that we're kind of in the age of the Netflixing it. Like when someone gets to, when someone um, joins your world, like letting them see kind of your greatest hits or making kind of the, you know, certain resources available upfront tends to work really well. Some people, you know, they don't want all that. I'll be overwhelmed, overwhelmed for them. Some really high fact finders will be like, yeah, I'm going to watch all these things. So having, you know, just making it really easy for people to find um, those pieces to help them again, accelerate their own buyer's journey, I think works really well. Um, and I think, you know, ultimately another thing is just the perspective that we give 
or the, the lens that we look at launching, I'm seeing anyone who is willing to kind of shift their perspective on launching to from the place of like, this is the place where I get all my, you know, my sales in to this is the, this is the biggest opportunities that I have in each calendar year to bring in, you know, a concentrated number of leads so I can then nurture making that shift from like it being the place, right? Like that we're going to do all the sales to, it's going to be the place that we're going to get some people who are really excited um, to potentially work with us and we can give them everything that they need so that they'll step in, you know, potentially before the next launch. Like that just whole perspective, I think I'm um, seeing folks who are willing to take that on. Um, they're seeing great results as well. I just think that is so, so, so important. And that, uh, again, I'm going to come back to like ROI or something, but like the idea that like the launch, like you just don't look at the numbers at the end of the launch, not not the numbers, the financial numbers at the end of the launch, and then decide like whether or not this launch was successful, but that like even a launch can be a seed and Mm -hmm. can be a seed towards like, And, you know, we know that like we get so many leads during launches because we're all like energetic Mm -hmm. and doing things. But like the idea that like you could just like look at it. Oh, look at this beautiful community I'm building. And some of them trusted me enough to move like move forward with me and the rest of them. And now I have this beautiful opportunity to get to know. And that's kind of what I'm hearing from you is like like joining the conversation in their head by working with enough people to know what the conversation mm-hmm. in their head is or like asking them to reply and tell you something and exactly. actually like then you might even become friends like it yeah. does, does it always have to be about like the financial repercussions of each action i think there can be something so much more more beautiful than that and i personally don't think i would ever work with a coach that i didn't have some sort of connection yeah. you know certainly not for more than like 50 bucks a month or something like that right? yeah. without yeah I'm not much it's it's that. interesting because I think like there certainly are the coaches who their model is still kind of like the big container and they're very removed from their clients and there's kind of you know that structure still exists for sure but I don't know about you I'm just seeing like in general the folks who are investing into coaching these days are just very discerning. And to your Mm -hmm. point, it's like, I want to make sure that you're a real human. I want to make sure that this is really the right place for me to get the right results. I know that there are a lot of options. Like I I don't believe in like true competition in the sense of like, oh my goodness, like people work with you there, you know, you're taking my competition. There's plenty, there's plenty for everyone. So it's not that, but Mm -hmm. certainly you have to be like, again, if you're in the market to quit your sugar addiction, there is no shortage of amazing coaches who can support you in making that transition or making that transformation. So we have to remember that like, no, we're not competing against the coach next door. And we have to understand that the people that we're wanting to serve are people too. And so what it's often going to come down to is like, who do I feel the most seen by? Yes. Who do I perceive will have me in a space that's going to have me most held that comes into play a lot more as well. And that like, that shows up in the nurture, right? That shows up in the nurture also. That reminds me of what I feel in internet years is a bit of an old adage that, well, if your freebie is really incredible and super valuable, then then the person experiencing that will know that your, your program is just as incredible. And now we 
especially in the coaching space where that relationship is so deeply personal, it has to be okay. I know that this person, you know, is genuine and shows up and is consistent and is game for a conversation. And it seems like they deeply care in the nurture phase. So that then is reflective of what you'll experience in the phase of actually working with them. Exactly. Because, well, you know, let's face it, but you know, I, I remember like the first time, well, maybe it wasn't the first time, but do you remember like one of the first freebies that you downloaded and you're like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> this person has given me like all of their gems in this oh, yeah. PDF and I'm rich now. And I'm going to like, I can do the thing. Like it was a big deal that it does not mm-hmm. exist anymore. Right. Like you can spend a day collecting freebies. And at the end of the day, like publish a, you know, 65,000 page book with all the free stuff available on the internet, like the proliferation, I can't say that word, of content, right? It's just like, there's so much available. So we can't, you know, we can't expect that our potential clients are going to judge our experience or judge whether or not discern, maybe it's a better word, whether or not we're the right person to work with them based on a freebie, because everybody's freebies kind of look the same, right? You know, it's like... It's the freebie, right? And it's so much deeper than that. We want to know, like, is this person, to your point, like, is consistent? Are they, are they willing to have a conversation? Like, is the first thing they ask me whether or not I want to like buy their thing, or you know, even something as simple like I was, I'm trying to remember what I was thinking about hiring, or I was checking out something, and I like sent a message to get some more information, and I got like an autoresponder back, and. It's not that I have anything against like autoresponders, but that one in particular, like they could have done a better job to just make it a little bit more welcoming instead of a little bit more direct around the thing that's most important to them. And I just, it turned me off and I was like, no, oh, unsubscribe. <laughs> yeah, yeah right? that's all it like, takes. That's all it takes, right? Like I was like, yeah. oh, you're not, yeah. Like you're really focused on one area. Um, you know, and I know it's someone probably just needs to like change what the autoresponder says. It's a pretty simple fix. But these are all the things that we really need to be thinking about. Um, because it's, yeah, it's the like lead generators, um, and lead magnets and that sort of thing. Like, I think they still work. They absolutely still have a place. We need a way to be able to, you know, an exchange to be able to have folks offer us their email address. Right. And I still, you know, believe that email is still, you know, the place where the action happens. Like, yes, the social amplifies and can deepen and yes, transactions and, and decisions can be made on, on the DMs, certainly. And email, in my view, is still is still kind of the place. Mm. Um, and it's just it. We have to be thinking about the conversation that's happening in all the places, right? Yeah. My first experience of being really blown away by a free thing was Todd Herman's PLF for his ninety day year program. This was probably eight years ago, and I. I just remember having like a notebook full of all the things that he was teaching. And I had no money at the time. Like, I'm not going to do the program, but I was like so religiously following this man and trying to learn from him. And yeah, yeah. Different world now, different experience. Totally different world. I remember, I have to share. I remember, and and I don't know if it was the first, but one that was really blew me away was um, Fabian Fredrickson used to send out a CD, y'all. (laughs) 
It was a CD and I played that CD in my car, driving my kids to appointments and stuff like that. I'm like, yes, client attraction secrets. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But I feel something throwback like that might be something that would work well now to maybe not a CD. Cause like, you'd have to know, like my car is 2014. I got a CD player. Like I would work yeah. for me. But I, do, I do think like that, that physicality of that thing, whatever that thing is, maybe is similar to like getting a loom video. I, I'm not exactly maybe. sure, but like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I think it would be interesting to to do a test of like if someone freebie was mailed out and then arrived. Like I I don't know some sort yeah. of yeah. No, I'm 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 following you. I'm following you. I'm, now my brain is like hmm, like that was direct that mail. Was direct right? mail does feel like special now. Yeah, yeah. And like there's I, like a high level of cost involved. Yeah, absolutely. I, think, I mean we can see that pretty obviously when I get my like monthly copywriting newsletters, I'm just, I'm so elated and so much more present to consuming that material mm. than I am with something in my inbox. And it's like the inverse of right how things used to be. I'm like, my, my little wheels are like turning. I'm like, that's interesting. Cause I've been in programs where they've sent, you know, yeah. physical things and that was really cool. But you know, again, you, you paid, you paid money, you know, you had an investment. So that's different. Um, but I wonder what that'd be like a fun fact in my corporate days, I did a lot of direct mail like that, like the mm-hmm. postcards. I was well, the, um, I was the marketing um, director for Sears portrait studio in Canada. Wow. Oh, so, you know, like the postcards yeah. you get with like yeah. the babies and then the coupons, you can get like 600 portraits, 600 <laughs> portraits for $6.99. Uh, I do a lot of that. So like, I'd be like approving, you know, approving wow. the, the mail run, approving the mail run. And uh, yeah, I can tell you about direct mail costs. I wonder what they are today though. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would, I'd be pretty blown away. It would take a lot actually to give my mailing address yeah, to the brand that I wasn't like. Totally. But I guess if you were working with like an e-commerce brand, they yeah. already have your mailing address. Yeah. They send you like some like free cool thing. But yeah. yeah. I just think so. My copy hackers stickers, mm. you know, and I do think I got them for either like, you know, purchasing copy school or we got like uh, Shanti and I did like tutorials in 2020, which is insane. That's almost two years ago. And we got like a mug and stickers and something else. And I understand that is from like a deeper level. And we often send clients gifts, but like, I don't know if someone sent me a sticker in the mail, like, uh, like five stickers right. for their, like, I would probably put it on my laptop to hide the like Mac sign or something. And then, and then I would see it all the time. Like I, like I just, anyway, this is sort of an aside, but just as a way. And and the reason I thought of this was the idea, like, I agree, we're not in competition with each other and coaches aren't in competition, but even since I started working with Shanti three years ago now, the proliferation of coaching coaches in the online space is insane. And I do think that's why this personal reach out makes a big difference, especially if you're like selling something that's like, you know, just four to five figures or what have you. And I think it could be interesting just to experiment with different ways to create that like stickiness. Totally. (laughs) Totally. Cause I'm remembering like 
I think it was digital marketer. And they send you like a club card. And I don't even know what you do right. with the club card because it's like, <laughs> like where am I going to go? <laughs> maybe, maybe, oh, I know they have office, offices, right? So maybe if I was in the States and I could go to their office and I could like flash the card at the door or something like that. But I was just like, this is cool. You know, yeah. the marketing nerd in me is like very impressed by this. Got like a card, y'all. Like, so cool. <laughs> yeah. Not not trying to give everyone harder things they need to do. Like now on your opt-in <laughs> form, ask for their postal code. Exactly. Man, I mean, we request um, Instagram handles and that even sometimes like folks, you know, and I get it. I get it because the connotation is that like, oh, and the experience that a lot of people have is like, oh, great. I'm going to give them my handle and now they're going to go bother me over there with like some, something that I didn't oh. want. So I didn't feel that. I just signed up before. And what I felt was like, oh God, are they going to judge my Instagram? And then I was like, is this like, because the only other time I've seen that was for like an affiliate for, is it for Sigmatic? And it was like, share your Instagram and and tell us how big your email list is. I'm like, oh, all 178 people on my list are going to (laughs) be stoked for this mushroom coffee. But so my, my experience just from like how I came to that, when I, when I went to download your freebie this morning was like, oh, I wonder if this is like, uh, like assessing whether or not, like whether or not I would be a fit or not. Mm. No, I'll tell you exactly what we're going to be playing. Yeah. Um, we just want to find out if it helps you. (laughs) Love it. Oh, you got the scorecard. Like, was there a result in there that like, you know, you were really surprised about Is there anything that you didn't understand? Um, you know, that kind of thing for our, this morning, I was uh, messaging some of the folks who are registered for our workshop on Monday and asking them if there's like something that they really hope that they walk away with. Cause I like to kind of tweak the content a little bit based on who I know is going to be in the room. So it's, you know, it's legit human interaction. And I know, you know, from a marketing perspective or a business perspective, you might say, oh, well, like that's going to be a lot of effort and are people really going to respond? And yeah, a lot don't, but some people do. And those people get to be super served. And that's really what we're interested in because the people who are interested in being super served are the people we want to serve. And so I'm totally happy to say what's up and good morning. It's me again. I'll leave a little voice note and I'm game for it. I want to, you know, I'd like to experiment with that. Not that I'm good at Instagram at all, but I can see how that would just give another bridge to connection, conversation, giving people the space to reply if they want, ask questions if they want. It's always optional. Exactly. Always optional. Yeah. And we're not like, you know, here's another thing. Like if they, you know, it's about, what was I listening to? And I'm talking about, um, it was a podcast, um, podcast episode by uh, Tara Newman. And she was talking about creating conversation and just the reminder of consent you know? And so like, we're not going to send you like, here's another thing to go get It's But if someone yeah. says, Hey, I'm challenged with X, Y, and Z, we might say, would you like the link for, you know, a series that I did about that very topic? Mm-hmm. And if you want it, here it is. Like, otherwise, you know, if not cool, you can go find it over there yourself or feel free not to answer. We're not going to take it personally. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in a coach training program right now for life coaching. Mm-hmm. And, and the question you ask a question before you ask a question. Yeah. Like, can I ask you a question around that? Exactly. And then you ask the question and that act alone, like people will open up a little bit more because of that consent piece. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I want to just jump back to what you were saying about your client who's reaching out directly with loom recordings and that typically 
that type of thing. It's hard to automate. It's hard to scale. We have an episode with Rye Schwartz, who is the co-founder of a program called Automated Intimacy. And they, you know, they're not automating the actual act of recording the personal loom, but they have built systems around supporting who gets those looms. These are the new people. Yeah. Reach out to them. Yeah. And building systems around it. So it's super cool. I don't know what number episode that was, but Rye Schwartz for anyone listening that wants to go deeper. Maybe 11. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to look for it. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rye and Phil, they, they created this program and I have taken it. Dustin, our EA has taken it and is like, we're actively looking at incorporating more of that. Yeah. Ooh. Because it's so it's so important, even so for important. an evergreen program that's like two grand, right? Mm-hmm. Not even talking about a twenty thousand dollar coaching program. Like it's accessible and available for you, even if you have smaller offers. Yeah. So putting that out there. Mm-hmm. So six time is flying. Oh, episode, episode six. 15. So episode six, yeah. Cool. Yeah. And a lot of what you're speaking about speaks to what he's speaking about. So then that just makes me think that um, Canadians are just nurturing. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful we copy are, right? We're like, like do you want to have a double double A and let's like <laughs> yeah. down, have, a, have, a, have a, a Tim's, you know? Yeah. Like, a, a, Tim, a Tim Biebs or whatever. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Have a little Tim Biebs. I have to say, I was disappointed by Tim Biebs. Okay. I just, I just need you to know that. I thought they just, you know, like they weren't that exciting. Yeah. They weren't that exciting or something, but the marketing was great. But the marketing marketing was great. The marketing, the marketing totally, I mean, my husband went and he did the piece of like, the kids got to try the Tim Biebs. And I stole the Tim Biebs because again, remember the sugar, me and the sugar. So like I took a Tim Biebs and I was like, I totally just had that sugar and I was not blown away. Uh, the worst. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> Let down. Well, I am like very un-Canadian and I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Justin Bieber and Tim Hortons. It's okay. Tim Hortons is owned by Wendy's now, so it's not even Canadian. Right. But anyway, Justin right. Bieber and Tim Hortons teamed up for Timbits that are oh called Tim Beebs, eh? Um, and, and the marketing <laughs> was really good. I had a friend, um, shout out to my friend Roy, who uh, like got them and then put it on his stories, like trying them and stuff. He liked them, but he's a very positive person. I'll be honest and say that it's very rare to go to Tim Hortons and not feel the letdown. So at least you just got the regular. Like, <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what it, maybe that's what it was. not bad. I was just like, <laughs> they're hyped up they were hyped totally. up totally. as soon oh as they God. started like half baking all their stuff in like a factory in Ontario and sending yeah, it out that was pro- I was probably like 12 then like that you just can't get your donuts from there anymore you can't um <laughs> unfortunately unfortunately not unfortunately not <laughs> homemade all the way we gotta have a donut party we gotta have a part two because I feel like we have just popped the cork on a bottle of of Dom that is all of the brilliance you have to share. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. But before we go, what are you most excited about that you're working on right now? 
I'm not really excited about, oh my gosh. I mean, I'm truly, I'm really excited about what I was just talking about in terms of bringing some more high touch um, nurture into our space. You know, it's, I'm excited. I love to experiment with things and I love to find ways to connect awesome humans with the people they're meant to serve. So yeah, we're going to test, we'll be like patient zero, right? We're going to test it out with ourselves. But yeah, I'm like, I'm excited to see kind of where this goes because I'd be happy to kind of share with others. Like, how do we, how do you layer on? Like, yes, again, we've got kind of the, the broadcast nurture. We know kind of like things are going out and how do we, like, are there things that we can be doing to support, you know, the right people and stepping in, um, kind of accelerating their journey so they can get the transformation more quickly. Right. So super stoked about that. Yeah. Another thing I'm really excited about, this has nothing to do with like nurture or anything like that, but we are experimenting this year or attempting to implement this year, a, um, row model, R O W E results only work environment at team Marisha. Yeah. Which is going to like, right now we kind of, we have hours like 10 to six. I mean, we're super flexible anyway, being a virtual remote team, but this is going to like, this is meant to like unpack all the years of like corporate training where we kind of like feel guilty because we have to go do something at lunchtime. And like, you know, anyway, I'm really excited about that. Look it up. There's, um, actually I'll grab, what's the book called? Why work sucks and how to fix it. No schedules, no meetings, no joke, simple change that can make your job terrific. This is the, um, these are the people who came up with the model and they tested it out in Best Buy years ago, like 2006 or something like that. I think, um, they implemented this strategy and had like the entire Best Buy workforce go, not entire, they did in phases, but they had sections of Best Buy moved to this place where they, you know, were completely in charge of their own schedules. And again, the real piece is like making humans, adult humans responsible for results rather than the time that they spend, Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so funny because I think, again, we've got tons of flexibility and, the, you know, the team knows that they can do whatever they want. I think it's, it's me. Like I'm the one who's like, I need to get up and start at 10 o'clock because like, I don't know. We're just like, we're why though? I don't know. Like we're so ingrained. Yeah. Like, I think not, I don't know. I think for me, what happened, it's sort of, you know, when I started out on my journey, it was like, I was very determined to kind of, and I had a baby. So whatever, you're kind of like working around the clock and like, you've got no real schedule. And then once they got past that, I was like, oh, I better put a schedule in there to make myself more productive. But now I think I've maybe like overscheduled myself and I don't know how to like not be that. So I don't know. It's more for me than than for them, but we're all really excited. Um, cause there's a, you know, there's a container within which we'll be able to implement some of that. And while also working through some of the challenges of like, you know, how do we make sure that our clients are properly served if we're all, you know, kind of working asynchronous more often? And how do we still stay connected? Because we have tons of fun together. Like, how do we still have gift wars in the Slack if we're like not in at the same time? Like, how do we do these fun things? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm excited about that right now too. I love that. Mm -hmm. That's uh, like decolonizing the structure of work, which is like, like exactly. more important than selling courses anyway exactly. right although exactly I guess selling <laughs> staying in I don't know anyway I'm not gonna go there but <laughs> but I feel like team Shanti we need to make that like a book a book club book where we could like discuss it too like because there's yeah, yeah and there's some there's yeah there's some, there's something there because then I'm like yeah but results now we're looking too deeply at res- anyway I'll stop right <laughs> It's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. So I'm really excited about, really excited about that. 
Yeah, that sounds fascinating. I feel that. And the Dawn's on a vacation right now, but here she is doing a podcast. Right, right. But it's really <laughs> good. I really wanted to meet you. I was like, Aww. oh, that's not Yay. my schedule. Like, it's fine. I can right, but it's easy to, like, relax yeah. those boundaries. I Yeah, I've been working at that for a while. Addiction to constantly be doing. Yeah. And even if you're not doing very effectively, because you really would rather be in the bath reading a fantasy romance novel and totally that's so cool. Okay. I would love to hear where people can learn more from you. I want to just let everyone know that I'm going to pop a link in the show notes for this Tamika's nurture marketing makeover workshop these are live workshops. Tamika is there walking you through this framework, how you can give your audience more nurture, loving, and all the things. So I'll pop a link in for that, as well as the incredible scorecard that I'd love for you to talk about, because oh. this is such a unique, I guess, let's call it a lead magnet. Sure. But it's really unique and, and super cool. I've never seen Thanks. anything like it. Yeah. They, and I have to tell you before we have this conversation, I'm like, I wonder, like, could this be a quiz? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll have a call. Maybe that's what we talk about in part two, Shanti. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, the scorecard. So we created this scorecard. It's an assessment that we use um, with our clients at Arisha. And it essentially helps you to identify kind of the gaps and opportunities in what you're currently doing to nurture your community. So we look at email and social media, and we have, um, sort of like a a checklist where you can kind of go through and give yourself a little rating about, um, various aspects that we're kind of laying out for you that are really important to consider when you want to be able to nurture effectively. And there's like a little training that comes with it. So you kind of have the know-how of how to, uh, take yourself through it. And at the end, you kind of have a list of things that you can start to work towards and work on. Right. So the thing I like to share is that, you know, if you've been doing a ton of nurture, so far, then of course you have a lot to be able to assess, but then sometimes you get folks who are newer that are like, I don't have anything there to your point of like, are they going to judge me based on my Instagram account? Here's what I want to say. If you are like, I don't think I'm nurturing that well or at all. I would say download it anyway and watch the training anyway, because what that does is give you some ideas about what you can start to do. Mm. what you can start to do. And then certainly if you join us in the workshop, we'll give you like some more, here's what to do to get started um, as well. So yeah, the, the scorecard, we love it. We love it. Um, and I'm always like, would well, be really cool if you could just like pop things in and then an answer popped out on the other side. But that also does legit make my brain break on how that would come together. So Shanti, <laughs> you would have to absolutely help if that is a thing that could work. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like oh, how do I, it is. Yeah, it's, it's an actual, okay. So there you go. There's the answer. So maybe one day y'all it'll be a like computed scorecard right now. It is a beautiful PDF that you can print out. You can kick it old school. Um, you can actually, it's a fillable PDF. So if you are saving the planet and you do not have the sugar sheet paper that I have ordered that I'm really excited about, that it's made <laughs> from recycled sugar cane. Oh, wow. Sorry, I just have to share that. Anyway, <laughs> you don't have to print it out, but you can. Um, and you can kind of like, you know, check mark and make notes and give yourself a score and have and walk away with um, kind of the top things that you can start to work on and work towards. Amazing. Okay. We'll pop the links for the scorecard and the workshop 
in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Where else can people find you, connect with you? Yeah, we're really, we're doing our best to hang out on Instagram. We are on Facebook, um, but Instagram is kind of the place where we're, we just like to, it's a little more conversational we're finding. So we like to be there. Um, You can find us at Arisha Creative over there. And I'm also on there personally, and I am totally cool with people following me and having connections personally. You'll see a lot of my kids. I don't know if I posted an actual, you'll, you'll see my kids. You'll see what I'm listening to on Spotify, probably um, <laughs> funny memes. Like it's a little more personal, um, but that, um, that handle is Tamika is content or Tamika is content. Depending oh, on. I love it. Oh yeah. yeah. Also, I already followed you, so I'm glad that we can, we're we're invited (laughs) to Justin, so. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. I would love to have a part two if you're game. And anyone listening, go and scoop up that scorecard. Get in on this amazing workshop, and we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm. Thank Thank you you so much for having me. Oh, my goodness. This was fantastic. Yay. Whoa, look at you listening to the very end. We are so deeply grateful for you and borderline obsessed with hearing what resonated most and how you're taking the seeds planted in these conversations and sowing them in your life and business. It would mean more than you know if you would share this episode with a friend or subscribe, rate, leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Your reviews tell the algos behind the apps that we are worth pressing play on. So please, if you're feeling generous, take two minutes to share the love. And if you are curious around what your unique advantage is in this wild and wacky online world, take the unfair advantage quiz at shandyzack.com forward slash UA quiz. And thank you again, sunshine. Go light up the world and we'll see you next time.